Hey everybody, it's Tony here. Um, as you may be able to tell by the quality of this recording, um, this is not a usual episode. Well, it kind of is. I'll explain. Um, once again, this is going to be a rebroadcast of an earlier episode uh, from way back in the early days of the show, one of the first several episodes I did. Um, I am back out on the road for about two weeks with Motion City Soundtrack once again, and uh, I'll be honest with you, uh, this the travel on this tour has been a little crazy, and it's been hard to uh, get everything I need to get done with the way we're traveling. And uh, also, going to be honest with you, I didn't have all of my stuff that I needed with me today to record something. So anyway, um, I'm sorry that this is just a rerun, but uh, I think you'll still enjoy it if you never heard this episode. It's about Terry Bradshaw. So uh, let's go back and uh, hear that right now. Thanks, everybody. Hi, my name is Tony Thaxton. Like anyone else, I love a great album. But I also love those strange albums that might make you wonder how and why they even exist. But I'm not here to make fun of them. I'm here to celebrate them and tell their story. This is Bizarre Albums. Today's episode, I'm So Lonesome I Could Cry by Terry Bradshaw from 1976. Duck Dynasty was a reality TV series that ran for 11 seasons on the A&E Network. The show followed the lives of the Robertson family, who ran a family-operated duck call business called Duck Commander in Louisiana. The backwoods of Louisiana is now home to a new breed of millionaire. My family. Ah! Pretty scary, huh? My idea of happiness is killing things. Forty years ago, my father, Phil Robertson, invented a revolutionary kind of duck call that changed the duck hunting industry our way of life forever. Back in his high school days, Robertson was an accomplished athlete. All-state in football, baseball, and track. He even earned a football scholarship to Louisiana Tech University in the late 1960s. Robertson was the starting quarterback for the Louisiana Tech Bulldogs in the 1966 and 1967 seasons. In 1966, another young quarterback from Louisiana enrolled at Louisiana Tech. His arrival caused a media frenzy due to his reputation of being a football sensation from Shreveport. Despite this, Robertson was still named the starter, and he stayed the starter until 1968, when he then chose to give up football because it interfered with his love of hunting. Now, it was the other Louisiana boy's turn. Terry Bradshaw. Here's Bradshaw on Fox Sports in 2013, talking about his quarterback competition with Robertson. If he hadn't... A- I hate to say quit, but that's what he did. He quit because he knew his passion was duck hunting. And he knew my passion was football. And he, he left, and that's how I got the starting job. I did not beat him out. He, he quit. Bradshaw would go on to start his final two seasons at Louisiana Tech. By the time he graduated in 1969, he had broken nearly every school passing record, and most pro scouts considered him to be the best college player in the nation. The 1970 NFL Draft began on January 27th at the Belmont Plaza Hotel in New York City. During the 1969 NFL season, both the Chicago Bears and the Pittsburgh Steelers finished with a league-worst 1-13 record. Back then, the NFL did a simple coin-flip tiebreaker to decide which team would receive the first overall draft pick. The Steelers won the coin flip. The 35th Annual National Football League Selection Meeting is now in session. 
First choice, first round, Pittsburgh Steelers. Steelers select Gary Bradshaw, quarterback, Louisiana Tech. Following the NFL draft, Bradshaw was suddenly a small-town southern boy in the big city, and Pittsburgh had high hopes for him. He was dubbed the Blonde Bomber, and fans expected him to be the savior for the worst team in the league. And he talked a big talk. It's not like the old Steelers, believe me. The, the public, uh, the football world might as well wake up and, and just take what I'm saying to, and heed it because uh, we're going to be a winner this year. I'm sure of it. But he struggled for several seasons. The fans weren't happy. In 1974, he even temporarily lost his starting job. But when he eventually took over again later that season, he never looked back. On January 12, 1975, he led the Steelers to a 16-6 victory over the Minnesota Vikings in Super Bowl IX. But it wouldn't be their last with Bradshaw. They did it again the very next year, rallying in the fourth quarter with two touchdown passes from Bradshaw to give them a 21-17 victory over the Dallas Cowboys. Bradshaw was now a two-time Super Bowl champion with a passion for music. When he was a kid growing up in Shreveport, Bradshaw loved listening to the KWKH Louisiana Hayride, which was a grand old Opry-style radio and stage show where artists such as Elvis Presley, Johnny Cash, George Jones, and Hank Williams got their start. Bradshaw even sang in the choir at Shreveport's Cavalry Baptist Church. So back in 1976, just a few weeks after his second Super Bowl victory, Terry Bradshaw released I'm So Lonesome I Could Cry on Mercury Records. Terry Bradshaw will never be called dull. According to a 2019 Rolling Stone article by Stephen L. Betts, Bradshaw had auditioned for a Mercury Records executive over the phone by singing the Hank Williams classic, Your Cheatin' Heart. Coincidentally, that same song was featured in several Super Bowl commercials for Pepsi years later. Mercury Records signed Terry Bradshaw in 1975. He somehow found time to record the album that December in Nashville, even with the Steelers headed back to the playoffs in that same month. The album's title track, I'm So Lonesome I Could Cry, was another Hank Williams song. Originally recorded in 1949, the song has been covered by a number of artists over the years. One of them, Elvis Presley. Here's Elvis introducing the song in his Aloha from Hawaii television special. I'd like to do the saddest song I've ever heard in my life for you, so just bear with me for a minute. Bradshaw's version was released as a single and even made it onto the charts. It only reached number 91 on the Billboard Hot 100, but it peaked at number 17 on the Billboard Country Singles chart. the Associated Press in February 1976, Bradshaw said, People say we're just trying to cash in on the Super Bowl. It sure looks that way, but I've been singing most every day of my life. I'm going to be judged harder than most, adding, Obviously people don't want you to succeed at two things, but I love entertaining. Nobody's going to buy my record if it's not any good. The album was full of country and western covers. Four of the album's 11 songs were covers of Roger Miller tunes. Roger Miller perhaps best known for his 1965 hit King of the Road, was an 11-time Grammy winner, a Tony Award winner, and a Country Music Hall of Famer. In 1966, Miller released a song he'd written entitled 
the last word in Lonesome is me. But it didn't fare well. Later that same year, a version of the song was recorded by Eddie Arnold, and it went to number two on the Billboard Hot Country Songs chart. Ten years later, NFL quarterback Terry Bradshaw released his own version of the song as his next single, this time peaking at only number 90 in July of 76. The last word in lonesome is me The last word in lonesome is me My heart is as lonely as a heart can be lonely The last This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Slowly was originally a 1954 hit for Webb Pierce. His version spent an incredible 36 weeks on the charts. Slowly was also important to the history of country music. It was one of the first songs to feature a pedal steel guitar. The song has been covered a number of times over the years. As recent as 2014, it was covered by the Hayden Triplets, who were the daughters of jazz bassist Charlie Hayden, and two of the three sisters were members of the 90s LA rock band Bat Dog. In 1976, the NFL quarterback also took a shot at Slowly. Another song covered on the album that was important to the history of country music was Here Comes My Baby Back Again. Originally released in 1964, it became an unexpectedly huge hit for Dottie West, who co-wrote the song with her then-husband Bill West. The song made it to number 10 on the country charts, and the following year, 
Dottie West became the first female country music singer to ever win a Grammy Award. Here's the Blonde Bombers version. The backing band for Bradshaw's album consisted of several future country music Hall of Famers and members of what was referred to as the Nashville A-Team. The Nashville A-Team was a group of session musicians whose reputation led them to play on just about every major record coming out of Nashville in the 50s all the way to the 70s. Guitarists Harold Bradley, Jimmy Capps, Ray Edenton, and Chip Young, drummer Buddy Harmon, bassist Bob Moore, keyboardist Pig Robbins, and harmonica player and vibraphonist Charlie McCoy. They were all members of the Nashville A-Team, and all playing on a country record for an NFL quarterback. Another member of the Nashville A-Team on the record was steel guitarist Pete Drake. His name is Pete Drake. He got the brilliant idea one time to make his steel guitar talk, and he actually does it right now with a beautiful song, Forever. Pete Drake! gained notoriety partially for his use of what would come to be known as the talk box, later made more famous by artists such as Peter Frampton and Richie Sambora. The album was produced by Jerry Kennedy. Another Shreveport boy, Kennedy also enjoyed Louisiana Hayride as a kid. He signed a record deal with RCA Records when he was just 11 years old. Though he never really succeeded as a singer, he would later achieve massive success as a guitarist, producer, and A&R man for Mercury Records. He's won four Grammys for his guitar playing with artists like Elvis Presley and Ringo Starr, and he was even one of the session musicians who played on Bob Dylan's legendary 1966 Blonde on Blonde. The album's closer was another Hank Williams cover, Take These Chains From My Heart. It was originally recorded at Williams' final recording session on September 23, 1952. After Williams' sudden death on New Year's Day 1953, the song went to number one. Though it was made famous by Williams, he didn't actually write the song. It was written by Fred Rose, who would also die less than a year later, and High Heath, a songwriter who is also known as a comedian who worked in vaudeville and burlesque shows. According to Bradshaw's bio written by Tom Keeley on allmusic.com, 
Bradshaw made his live singing debut at the Palomino Club in North Hollywood, California. His performance got the attention of all the local television crews, who then surrounded the stage with lights and cameras and made it nearly impossible for the audience to see the show. The show seemed to indicate that the venue was full of people who came to see the football player, not the country singer. The show only lasted around 15 to 20 minutes. Afterwards, Bradshaw was quickly ushered to his dressing room, which was filled with flower arrangements from fans. And it also included something special from Burt Reynolds. Here's Bradshaw on Jimmy Kimmel Live in 2018 to explain. We had won the Super Bowl that year, and NBC had the game. And the night before, they would do these skits. Mm-hmm. And Burt Reynolds was on the skit, and he went out there and made fun of my intelligence and really ripped me on the show. And the Pittsburgh fans just jumped all over him. And so I was opening up at the um, Palomino Club out here in Los Angeles when I was singing country music, which, by the way, you made fun of. Yeah. And, uh, and rightfully so. And uh, so Bert sent David Gershenson, his manager, out, and he brought me carnations, a giant horseshoe uh, deal of carnations. Wow. With a note that said, I love you, man. I feel horrible that I did that. Come visit me. And he was filming that movie, Hooper. Bradshaw performed a handful of shows during the NFL offseason, but his country music career never fully took off. Though it had a couple of singles that charted, the album itself never actually did. Not long after its release, Bradshaw lost his record deal after supposedly bad-mouthing Mercury Records in a newspaper interview. Ultimately, football was his true calling anyways. He went on to win two more Super Bowls for the Steelers, winning an incredible four Super Bowls in six years. He's been inducted into both the College Football and Pro Football Hall of Fame. Since his retirement in 1984, Bradshaw has worked as both an NFL commentator and analyst for CBS and later Fox. Speaking of Fox, in January of 2019, he made a singing appearance as The Deer on Fox's The Masked Singer. He's made occasional returns to music over the years. In 1980, he even briefly returned to the charts with a minor hit called Until You, released by the Christian label Benson Records. Until you, I was half the person looking for the rest of me, like a message in a bottle floating home. Bradshaw's singing these days is more gospel-based. He even has his own artist profile on the Grand Ole Opry's website, which for some reason includes a quote endorsing him from actress Kathy Bates. His daughter Rachel is now a country singer herself and has even appeared on the television show Nashville. Including his Until You album, Bradshaw eventually went on to release four more albums, including a Christmas album in 1996. All I want for Christmas is my two front teeth. My two front teeth. See my two front teeth. Gee, if I could only have my two front teeth, then I could wish you Merry Christmas. In 2013, Bradshaw's predecessor from Louisiana Tech, Phil Robertson, and his family released Duck the Halls, a Robertson family Christmas album. But that is for another time. Thank you for listening to Bizarre Albums. If you like the show, please subscribe and go ahead and leave a review while you're at it. It helps people find the show. You can also follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Bizarre Albums. And I'm at Tony Thaxton on Twitter and Instagram. If you know of a Bizarre Album you'd like to hear featured, please tweet the show. I'd love to hear from you. You can even email me at BizarreAlbums at gmail.com.
My name is Tony Thaxton, and I'll see you next time on Bizarre Albums. Bizarre Albums.